We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. It's Monday, August 30th, as we record this with Chris Hine of the Star Tribune. Chris, for the Sunday paper, you wrote a big old feature on New Timberwolves owner Mark Lorry. That's the technical term for the big old feature. Yes, right? That, well, that's my technical term for it. You have mm-hmm. quotes in there from yeah. uh, from Mark Lorry, of course, mm-hmm. Alex Rodriguez, which I was kind of, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, You know, you didn't let me in on, on <laughs> that you got A-Rod on there, too. Jerry Rice in there yes. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some nice lady from named Nora had a good quote. <laughs> <Some lady. laughs> Nora, shout out to Nora. Nora was very accommodating. Um, I talked to her for about 20 minutes. Um, and so you see how the sausage is made sometimes. I talked to her for a 20 minute interview. I used one quote during the during the great line, though. It's a great uh, line. Yeah. Yeah. So so thank you to Nora for for her help. <laughs> local, local native, uh, local local Minnesota girl who uh, who um, has worked for Mark Lowry for a number of years. Right. Uh, no, it was it was it was cool. Yeah. Was like, look at look at that. Um, but also in this story, which I think is going to be the biggest surprise to a lot of people, is there's a ton of magic, like magic tricks, mm-hmm. and that is because Mark Laurie is apparently super into magic, and you learn that in the story, right? But yep. you and I, two two weeks ago, right when we were in Vegas, yep, 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 was that that for me was my first time that I met Mark in person. Was that your first time meeting him in it was person? My first time meeting him in person. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we are together with Mark Laurie for the first time and all of a sudden Mark starts doing magic tricks on you. Yes. Um, so I was just having a conversation with him because we were, we were set to have lunch for the formal interview mm-hmm. day. So like, I was just chatting with him and uh, his PR person, Jen, um, who I also was meeting for the first time that night. Um, and, and so we were just casually chatting about whatever. I, I think this, the topic turned to, to music um, right. and during the conversation at some point. And that's when he started. He, that's when like the light bulb went off in his head and he like immediately like launched into the he's like, oh, magic wait, wait. mode. He's like, Give me your phone. <laughs> Give me your phone. Like, like that, that whole mode. Right. And then he launched into the the first trick that I talked about in the story and that you saw, which was the I'm going to send a song into your head and it's going to show up on your phone. 
or, or something. Yeah, that, that's what. So, it, so yeah, you got to explain this yeah. one to me because I'm at the opposite yeah. side of the bar when right. this is happening, and I see like you know I'm like oh Chris and Mark like whatever good right. good on Chris you know being reporter yeah. guy like getting in there, but I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. But then there's a bunch right. of, like cheering going on. So explain this. <laughs> mentalist he puts a song in your head right so he's like he's like i'm going to put a song in your head uh and and i'm just like i'm, I'm along for the ride at this point like i'm i'm committed right like <laughs> like i i I've, i'm not gonna say no like so yeah. so we we start doing it or like he's like give me your phone um or, or not not me or not give me my some and this is where this is where i i'm trying to figure out where he how he, you blacked out it involved in, yeah no i didn't black out um, that was another night in vegas but, uh, <laughs> but, but the, i'm trying to figure because he like took someone else's phone it, it's very complicated and very confusing like for me to remember these specific details of, of how this worked i tried to take him down afterwards um so i remembered it but it, he basically said open your phone to youtube.com and then he's like put it down on the table so he, so I, I typed in youtube.com and put it down on, on face down on like the table that was near us. And then he, he, I think it was Bree Bauer, um, you know, Wolf's PR who, who he was like, give me, give him your phone now or something like that. And Mark's mm -hmm. and Mark then said like, as I, as I was holding Bree's phone to open to like the, the search bar, he was like, I'm going to send a song into your head and I want you to type the song into the search bar of Bree's phone um, yep. whoever's or whoever's phone I had at the time. So I'm like, all right. So I'm he's like, he's like, don't think about it. He's like, just whatever is in you, whatever song first comes to your head, put it in there. And so I put in me being the big Carol King fan that I am, I put in the locomotion. Uh, by little Eva. And so that was the first song I put in. And he looks at the, he, I, I, I like, I like show it to people, this and that. And he's like, and I think at some point he was like, what song did you like put? And I said, the locomotion. And then he did this thing that I found out he also did when he was with the players. He did this thing where it was like, oh, well, you know, sometimes maybe not on the first try it works or, or like maybe we need a second try or something like that. And I'm thinking, like, like, did I just like break the trick or something here? Like, did I, did I, you know, did he, did, did he fail? Um, and so, am I smarter than Mark Laurie? Right, right, right. <laughs> so he did. So he did this thing, and again, he also did this with the players the next day, where he googled like, he's like, Would, wouldn't you agree that if we did this in two tries, it would still be very impressive? Because in the history of music, there's, let's see how many songs there are. And he Googled how many songs are there, hmm. uh, like in history or something like that. And it's like 97 million or so, something like that. I forget what, sure. I forget what the number is. Um, but he did that. And then he's like, let's try it again. And then he's like, he's like, all right, I'm going to send you a song um, and then type it into the search bar on the phone. This time I... I picked Escapade by Janet Jackson. Don't know why okay. I picked that one. I mean, she does say Minneapolis in that song. So maybe that mm. was, maybe that was in my head. I don't know. But um, so Escapade by Janet Jackson was the choice this time. And then he like does this thing. He goes to my phone, which is on the table. 
And then he like messes around with the volume button on the side of it. And then he's like, he's like, pick up. And then he's like, pick up the phone. And I pick up the phone and I look at it and Escapade by Janet Jackson is then open on YouTube. What the hell? I and that was when like everybody started like what the hell just happened here like what what was that like what's well, going on here and <laughs> that's when I come over because then because right. right. Jen because Jen comes over and is like she's like oh Dane I want you to like meet Mark and right um and I'm like what's going over like, on over there like <laughs> Chris and Mark are giving each other high fives like this is weird I don't know what's happening because I didn't see I, any I, of everything I, I everything just you just described there, right I'm just standing there like. I don't know what the hell just happened here. What, like, what's going on? <laughs> half of me is like, half of me is like, how how am I in this situation? A and B. How did he? How did he do this? How did he? How, right. How, how can I? I need to figure this out. How the hell did he do this? Well, okay. So I think the the, the next trick that yeah. happens is even more confusing to me because this is, <laughs> I, I can tell right, this part right. of the story. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. So I come over and I'm like. Like, hey, I'm Dane, blah, blah, blah. And um, and then you guys kind of start telling me what just happened. And and it's about music. So I'm like, okay, I don't really understand. Like, you couldn't really describe it to me. He didn't really want to. Right. I'm like, <laughs> right, okay. Right. I'm right. like, okay, some ma- magic trick just happened music. So I go in my head and I know that you, Chris, have yes. this very bizarre skill <laughs> Where you can, <laughs> where where you can name the number ones. Let's actually let's do this right now. You can name the number okay, one go song. Ahead. Yeah, give it to me. Hit me. That, I'll, I'll, I got to tell the people what it is. So <laughs> yeah, you can give ahead. Chris. You can give Chris any date in time over the past twenty five years. years. Yeah. And and you can tell them what the number one song in America Correct. was on the Billboard Top one hundred at that time. Correct. Yes. 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 Pop music. That's your thing. Whatever. <laughs> so I've been around you at numerous times getting drinks or whatever and, and you've done this you've done this skill yeah so i'm like okay like i'm gonna gas my guy chris up here in front of mark yeah. glory like yeah i'm like i go all right i go mark like do you know that chris can like chris has got tricks too <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like all right uh okay no first let's do right. let's do the let's do the trick right. here so the trick um here. okay what's the, the today the, the recording this is obviously on the honor system but yeah go ahead yeah, yeah well i mean Exactly. And so today right. is is August 30th. So let's say let's say August 30th, 2008. What was the number okay. one All song right. on the Billboard this, so, top 100? So this is how I do this. I place where I was like in that moment in time. And I think right. about like where was I? So August 30th, 2008 would have been going into my senior year of college. Um, mm-hmm. That was like when Katy Perry was starting to hit it big. Um um, but also like T.I. was big. Rihanna was big at that moment. I'm going to go with, I feel like Disturbia by Rihanna was hey! the window for Disturbia. Am I, that's, that, it? that's right. All right. There we you go. There we go. Okay. All right. So now people, now people get, now people get what I'm talking about here. So I'm like, okay, this will be impressive if I get Mark to, if I get right. Mark to do this. Right. Right. So I'm like, Hey Mark, like give Chris give Chris a date and time or of the past 25 years, whatever. I, I, for, I forget yeah. what, what, what date he gave you, yeah. but you start going into your like thing where you start like looking up in the sky and doing your like, what, where was I at this, this right, time? Right, right, right. And so you're processing it. And then mm-hmm. in those, that like minute or so where you're processing it, Mark's girlfriend goes to me and goes, Dane, 
Mark can uh, Mark can tell you what day of the week it was of right. you know of any any day in history, which is like a skill I, I've heard of before. But I'm like I'm like okay yeah, sure. Like I was like, do the same date that we just gave Chris for the the pop song, like August thirtieth, two thousand. Right. What whatever the, whatever what the date, date was. Right. What day was that? Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, and he goes, okay, like pull it up in your phone. What day of the week it was? Which I do. Right. Whatever it was, and it's and it's Wednesday on my phone. I'm right. looking at it. I'm on my phone. But the kicker is, he didn't just say it was a Wednesday. No, no, that no, no. He didn't. He goes. He goes. Of what day? Of the, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He right, goes. Yeah. He goes. What day of the? What day of the week right. is it? You know, and he goes, pull it up on your phone. He like, do you, he's like, do you have it? I'm like, yep, I have it. And I'm, I'm reading my phone and it's Wednesday. And what Mark does is he sticks his finger in his mouth deep <laughs> and pulls out a piece of paper right. that has Wednesday written on it, it's like soaking in saliva. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right. And, <laughs> so that I don't I the, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when did the paper get in his mouth? That. When I, did right, like, exactly? How was he like? How was he plan? I mean, he had to have been planning this in some way. Did he have but, seven different pieces of paper in his mouth, like just waiting for, like, in case a Sunday came up or a Friday? Came yeah, up? but what if I would have? <laughs> if it was only one piece of paper, like, what if I would have given him a different date? Like, right, right. You know, what how, how gave, was what if he gonna... gave him the day before? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's why it makes no sense. So I'm like, and then this is when then basically like end of conversation, he has to leave and he goes to the party and does the same thing with the players. Right. As right. you detail, as you detail the story. And we're just sitting around. Yeah. We're like, what? Ha-? He like hacked Chris's phone and then he pulled <laughs> Wednesday out of his mouth. Like that was all of our first interactions. Right. With Mark Laurie. And then and, and then I'm the, like, and then like we all went about our nights after that. <laughs> exactly. We went and got dinner. And, but but so that will forever be. I mean, we we both had talked to him before uh, on the phone. And, and I mean, and we've talked about this before, too. And I, I think I've, I've shared this on the podcast. Like I've talked to Mark. on. I mean, he lives in New York. So this is my first time meeting him in person. But yeah. I talked to him on the phone and. You know, he, he strikes me as a obviously a sharp guy, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of got me, you know, excited about the prospects of what he could be as an NBA owner of the yeah. of the team I cover. And so I know it's just a very interesting place to go from that in my head of like very put together, logical, whatever that I meet him in person and he's pulling magic mm-hmm. tricks right. on you and then on. <laughs> I'm like Nathan Knight and Josh Akogi and Jalen Noel or something like all these guys that he did the same, the same, same things on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, he's proving to be a very interesting character. Yes. Yes. He is. He's, uh, I think we're finding that out over the last few months here that, you know, obviously when the deal first came down, I was like, well, A-Rod's buying the Timberwolves, A-Rod's buying Mm -hmm. the Timberwolves and, well, he's got a he's got a business partner in this who's mm-hmm. 50 in there with him and, you know, and is going to have a voice and definitely has a personality, as we're finding out. Uh, <laughs> it's more than just going to be like a silent partner in this for sure. No, yeah. I mean, and and I guess correct me if your your read is different. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it is going to end up being. For, for those who are paying attention, I think it's going to be 
referred to in the way that Lori is the owner and, and A-Rod is almost the one B. I, and, and maybe from a national perspective, you know, A-Rod's the bigger name and all this and that. Right. But it seems like seems like Lori is going to have his fingers on a lot more of the stuff day to day, a lot more of the the business and the changes and the kind of the I like the way they they envision like said, the day the day to day yeah the day to day kind of operations of the organization and like how and it seems like he's going to be more of a person that whether it's the business side or the basketball ops side um mm-hmm. and too it's like he's going to be the one that's seeing how everything is operating how does he want to improve it how does he want to fix it how does he want to imprint kind of what he does at other companies there and He's starting, he's trying to start that process now. Um, one of the details I had in the story was, you know, he's trying to come up with three core values of the organization. Right. Um, has a, an associate, Jessica Agarwal is her name, kind of asking everybody in and around and affiliated with the organization, like, you know, how can we come up with these values? What's going on inside the organization? You know, kind of what are some problems that we can alleviate? Things like that. So so that process is ongoing and I think will be for a couple more months. And at some point in the, in the near future, um, a little bit more down the road, they're going to come up with, with those, with those, what those values are, which he has so let's talk- all of his other companies. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I reread the story this morning and, and mm-hmm. that, that part stood out to me because I, I think like one thing about Mark that is going to be, the potential to be somewhat incongruent with the NBA is that I don't think owning a professional sports team is like directly similar to owning another fortune 500 business. Correct. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's more like, it's just, it's more, it's different. It's just, it's very different. It's, it's so in the public eye, all your biggest employees are famous people, all that, you Mm -hmm. know, so it's, the, so when, when and, I hear, and the goal and the goal of the organization is not just it's not just to make money it's also yeah. to to win you know so you have like which you sometimes have, comes at the cost of making money correct right you know yeah so so you know I I think we we can all kind of uh, agree with a lot of that and 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 so much of his skills and the success he's mm-hmm. had is by is by doing this his his three core values thing which mm-hmm. um, I wrote it down what was the the three at the at the at jet.com transparency um, trust and fairness i believe for the first. Uh, right and and you know and it's kind of like linkedin talk that's what i that's right right it's it, it is it is very corporate corporate yeah corporate and, yeah yes that's the word and 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 again yeah. i i'm curious to see how that all blends in with the you know with the nba culture and all this and that because it's like if you sit down if you sit down at uh, your free agency meeting, you get Kawhi Leonard to come to town for a for a free agency pitch, and you sit down and you say, "Here, these are our three core values: are transparency, trust, and this." And you know, our mission statement is that. Like, you're not going to be getting you're not going to be getting a player to come for those reasons. But it doesn't right. mean that like the idea behind creating core values and the idea behind having a strong mission statement couldn't be, you know valuable i i think probably right. he, he's accurate in saying that with the timberwolves they need that they've i think they've had mm-hmm. he says it in in the story to you is they they don't have core values right now they don't have a clear mission statement so yes we we are going to we are going to do that and 
in theory, by having the correct core values or the right core values, that will become attractive for players to come here is, is the, is the thing that he says. And you know, whatever to be determined on that, I'm sure right. some people will go, that's not going to work, whatever. Right. But I, right. I do, I do think it's not just about getting free agents. It's about, you know, kind of, you know, turning the tide on, on where this Wolves organization has been going for a while. And, and, and I'm, I'm interested to see what those, it probably is important what they define those things at. If they're going to be defining characteristics of this organization, mm-hmm. um, I think they're important. I came up with some. You want to hear them? Sure, go ahead. So mine are, I did four actually. Okay. This is this is as I'm drinking coffee this morning. They they, they will tell you that you can't have four. You need to, you need you, it's got to be three. They're they're dead. But sp- my acronym is so good. It's cash. <laughs> go, <laughs> cash. Go ahead. Go ahead. C A S H. Competent, attractive synonymous and here competent in that the organization that the you know the encore you don't suck right your your team is it's not a perpetual loser it's not something that you know you think of with oh just you know everyone always talks about like the sacramento kings they they kind of have this like stench with them and that's because i think a lot of people say they're not a competently run organization so don't suck be competent to a that's C. A is attractive. You know, players you'd want to play with and players you'd want to cheer for if you're a fan, right? Like, and, and, and I think it goes for yeah. people who work in the organization as well. You want to be attracted to the organization. I think, again, for a decade that hasn't, it's been a churn of a bunch of different players. It's been a churn of a bunch of different front offices, a bunch of different people in yeah. the organization. I've always, as somebody who grew up here in Minnesota, like, it, and I know, and you didn't, um, but it's always been something interesting to me. And I, I went to business school here in Minnesota that it, it's funny when, when you go to business school in Minnesota, like everybody's trying to get like the job at Target, right? Right. They're right. trying to get the, they're trying to get the job at Best Buy or back, you know, Best Buy was a little bigger of a deal when I was in business school. <laughs> right. It's kind right. of falling out a little bit, <laughs> but I was always like, it was always interesting to me that the quote unquote big business jobs never included the Timberwolves, right? And, and being mm-hmm. one of those, which is which is interesting because I mean, literally the Timberwolves are a billion dollar organization. They just sold for right. $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion, yep, yep. And I think part of that goes back to the fact that it's not an attractive, it hasn't been an attractive organization, right? So, so it's this idea of making an attractive place to work, making an attractive place to come play, making an attractive team to cheer for. I think that's something that's really missing here. And then synonymous, have it be synonymous with Minnesota, right? I think the Vikings are synonymous with Minnesota. I think the right. Twins are synonymous with Minnesota. I think Mall of America is synonymous with Minnesota. Target Corporation, right? The Timberwolves right. aren't. They're, that like, there's something that needs to happen there where where the Timberwolves become <clears throat> like when you think about Dallas, and I think not just because we're NBA fans, we think about the Mavericks, you know, Toronto. You think about like there's there's something about the Timberwolves that is not synonymous about Minnesota that probably ties into like a losing record, all those sort of things. Right. But that's S. So competent, attractive, synonymous. And then H is here, like the team being here in, yes. in Minnesota. And I think that's, um, you know, I think that's really important, obviously to the fans, that's really important. But I think it's important to the, you know, the, the people who work here, work in the organization. Um, yeah. That, 
you know, and, and that that's part of the the culture here. If and and we can we can talk about this too, but if there is, which which there doesn't seem to be, but there, there does become this this cloud of like, oh, potentially the Timberwolves are moving. That has that would have an adverse impact on that doesn't you know your, your culture stability. Yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that's I just made that list. Like 20 minutes ago, why I was drinking coffee this morning. <laughs> I mean, it sounds pretty good to me, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a corporate type. I'm, I, you know. Oh, I, I'm sure they would hate it all, but that's, those are, those are my, those are, those are my answers. But, you're, and, but at the end, of, at the end of the day, I will say, you know, I, I, I think uh, what your acronym spells out uh, rules the day over what the acronym actually stands for. And that is, hey, <laughs> if somebody's offering me $15 million to come play in Minnesota and somebody else is offering me 10, like <laughs> cash rules everything <laughs> at the end of the day. You know? So, <laughs> you know, I, exactly. I, at least when it comes to 98, 99% of sports transactions, that ultimately is mm-hmm. what you get guys to come play for you. But um but hey, it sounds good to me. And but to to your point about the last two, I think uh, synonymous in here. Um, I, I think that, and and one of the things that's in the that's in the piece as well is they are looking for ways to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, they are looking for ways to tie this team to Minnesota even more, and like use that as like a. Uh, 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 a, a, what's the word I want? A promotional campaign or something like that. Like, like this is part of our character. We're, we're from Minnesota. Yeah, it's cold, but but so what? It makes us tough. You know, like 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 stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, well, you know, you, Chris, you lived in Chicago. When did what years did you live in Chicago for? Two thousand nine to twenty seventeen. Okay, so you were there when the Cubs sucked. Uh, yes, they, and then when they, right, and then when they won the World Series, right. So, so I, I grew up a. I grew up a Cubs fan. All my family's from Chicago. Yep. And and I, I think about this a lot with, uh, you know, just in in relation to the timber. My, my whole childhood, the Cubs were terrible, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There's a little, little flash in the pan there with like Bartman and Kerry Wood, you know, for like one year <laughs> right. where it was where it was interesting. But there was always. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, but for the most part, you know, they that organization found ways to remain attractive in the midst of not being good and, and probably not being good anytime soon. Right. Like that was the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously <clears throat> it's a little bit different. You're, you have a historically iconic, iconic franchise. The Cubs, yeah. the Cubs are that, but yeah. I know that's like the, the gold standard, but my, what I've always thought of in, in comparing those two and being, you know, somewhat familiar with Chicago growing up a fan mm-hmm. and then now being familiar uh, with the Timberwolves covering them. There, there's always been this, like, I I do think the organization has always had a plan of like how to make this work. But part of the plan was always tight. Like the plan only works if the team gets good, starts winning. Right. 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 <clears throat> and, and I, and I, you know, and I get that, but what I've always thought was like, okay, what if they don't start winning? You know, which is for the Timberwolves is, is often what ends up being the case. Like, how do you how do you make your team still somewhat attractive? How do you how do you make it synonymous with the community? How do you make it be part of how do you get people to still have pride in being a Timberwolves fan, even if they're going to go 35 and 47? You know, yeah, if, if that it, which is it's hard to win in the league, man. I don't even like. Yeah. 
and sometimes it's out of your control. Your players get hurt, you know, a player retires, a player, whatever. Like, and you're just in, you're in a lull for an extended right. period of time. How in the midst of the lull do you inspire people to be in, invested in the team? And I do think they're, you know, coming out of a lull right now. You have as much talent on this team as they've had in a long time. But I'm curious with Mark Laurie and the people that he brings in, like, what will the tactic be to be competent and attractive even in the midst of losing if that happens to happen? You know, yeah. that, that's an interesting thing. It's a, it's, it's a very good question. And I, and I think that I think that comes back to maybe the A in your acronym, attractiveness, which is, you know, having players that are easy to root for. Maybe that helps. And I think, you know, Anthony Edwards can certainly be someone sure. like that who even if the team is bad, you know, he, if, as long as he seems to, to, to give a crap on a nightly basis, make some entertaining plays. I mean, look, look at how this fan base fell in love with Ricky Rubio, even though the team yep. just wasn't very good, you know? So I think, I think that could be possible. It's, it's finding those, those right players and, and marketing the players in the, in the right ways is maybe the, the answer, my, my amateurish answer to that. Um, that would be, that would be my suggestion. Yeah, well, and I think it's not easy, right? Like, I, right, I don't, right. I don't think you or I especially, are, especially are, when when the fan base has traditionally, or you know, when the team has traditionally been bad, you know, it's, oh, and, it, and it's, just it's, it's hard to sell that, right? It's easy to sell that when you've been like a perennial, easier to sell that when you've been a perennial playoff team, and maybe you're just going through a little lull for a couple right. of years. You have this exciting rookie who might be the future. It's easier to sell it that way. That like we're going to be back in a few years, right? But to a Fan base has had one playoff appearance in almost 20 years. It's, you know, a little harder sell. Chris, let's take a quick break. And then I want to ask you about your interview uh, with Mark. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, Chris, so like I said, my exposure to Mark Laurie is phone calls and magic tricks. <laughs> That's it. That is the extent of... <laughs> The interactions I've had with him, um, you you had the time to actually sit down with him for for a lunch, 
there was some gluten-free sushi rolls involved right. in it. As I, <laughs> as I read, not for me. I had I had I had salmon Benedict or something like that. Salmon. There you go, my man. Um, what what uh, what is just your your? That is probably the most, you know, real way to, you know, to get to understand somebody. You know, share a meal with them. Actually, yeah. just have a back and forth conversation. You know, he obviously isn't the the magician that who who is he? Who's who's Mark Laurie? Yeah. So he comes across as very energetic, very enthusiastic. Um, you know, he 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 can travel around Las Vegas very um kind of discreet. Like you don't know who he is, like he's just with a couple people. He doesn't have like a big entourage or anything like that. It's just him and a, him and a couple people walking around Las Vegas, like you wouldn't suspect that this guy was was a, a, an entrepreneur and a, and a billionaire. If you if you saw him walking past you in, in a Vegas hotel, um, you know he comes across as as like I said, very very enthusiastic. I I, I, I thought he came across as genuine. I, I did, um, and, and especially as it relates to wanting to get to know this market, wanting to get to know Minnesota wanting to get to know the team in the NBA as a whole. Um, one of the things that I think is important to, to, and I should have probably included this in the story, but I, I couldn't, I, I, I don't know if I just cut her, I ran out of space or what, but I think one of the things with these three core values, it's important to remember is that they're trying to figure out to what is more like Timberwolves culture and how can we fix that? And what is more just NBA culture? that is maybe a little harder to systemically change. Like if that makes sense, like, like what parts of mm -hmm. parts of life in the NBA are specific to the Timberwolves and what parts of life in the NBA are specific to just being in the NBA as a whole, because it's a, it's a, it's a tough business overall. It's, it, and sure. so I think that's, that's very much a learning process right now, but, but he, he comes across as very, very nice. Like I, I will say that the waiter that we had at, at lunch, um, was actually I, I've never I haven't experienced quite as rude of a waiter as I have in a long time. Really, <laughs> been a long time. There wow. Were, there were a couple other people at the table, um, and he and they were like giving their orders, and the, and the waiter was like, "Hold on, I have, I have slow down, everybody, like slow down, <laughs> like and like and like and like Mark, Mark did like Mark didn't really say anything about it. Like, he didn't get like upset or anything like right. that. But like, but like there was a moment where like the waiter was like. It was like must have been having a day or something like that because it was like wow I've never seen a waiter act like like kind of act like that I'm like tell people to basically shut up while they were giving their orders, <laughs> which goes back to the having no idea that you're dealing with a billionaire right, right here. exactly exactly you, you might have a fat a very, tip coming. you could be throwing a very large tip away right now um, right. yeah so but but that's that's the thing I, and I, I would say about half of our conversation was was on the record half of it was was off the record mm -hmm. um you know and and you know he, he he asked a little bit about you know who i was you know and, and kind of things like that you know more personal introductions to, to 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 me as a reporter um and just off the record conversations about you know my experience covering the team and, and especially mm -hmm. who's not from minnesota kind of my impressions of of this team and this market and and people in minnesota and i i, I will share that one thing i one thing i told him that I have found about people in Minnesota is, you know, especially as it relates to Timberwolves fans who have seen a lot of, a lot of fool's gold over the years being thrown their way um, is that you got to earn it. 
you know, and, yeah. and you gotta, you gotta earn their trust. You gotta show that you can build a winner. Like you, you can come in with, you know, I feel like you can come in with, with three core values with, with, you know, saying all the right things, but they've heard, you know, the right. song and dance for 20 years now. And, you know, it hasn't really gotten anywhere. So it's very much to prove it to me first. And then maybe we, you know, can really buy in. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I that's do one think, thing I told him kind of in. Yeah. I, I, I do think and it's not even his fault or even like Rosa's fault either, but it, it's the, it's the same, it's the same sort of thing. Like you're right. Fans don't want to hear these buzzwords, right? Because even before them, from Tibbs on down the line, it's been even they've been fed these words. And and so there's almost this like, like, ugh, right? You know, or I hear alignment and it's like, oh, what? Right. You know, I've heard that before. Or, you know, and the, there's going right, to be these core exactly. values. Or, and, or, and there, or, there's some of or that. More corporate, more corporate mumbo jumbo. Like, like, you know, like, oh, we've heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and the reality of the situation is the majority, the majority of your fan base does not speak that way. Right. You know, right. like that, that isn't the, the way they communicate only, you know, X percent is in the corporate world that communicates in that, you know, that sort of way or went to business school or whatever it might be. So there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be some, yeah, some, some needing to connect and finding the way to connect. And I, I think like with Minnesota, the best way to just do that is just be authentic, be normal, like do you, um, but do it in Minnesota. If you, yeah. if you do that, like, I think people will come to be like, oh, you know, he's he's some guy from New York, but now he's here. Right. And, and right. I, I think that that will go a long way. I think people want to people want to feel like they're amidst one of their own, you know, or somebody yeah. who's trying to become one of their own. I, I And authentically so. So, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does that. Obviously, A-Rod, he's such a public figure. I think that'll be you know somewhat difficult to do. But but it goes back to what you're saying. It's the. It's, it's kind of just earning trust and kind of accountability in that sort of way. The, the one thing that, that stood out to me is um, in, in the times that I've talked to him is, is he has different gears or kind of modes, right? Where yeah. he does have the energetic, like enigmatic type of personality. He, obviously, the magic trick guy. Yeah. He's the, yeah. You know, he can. I think he's good at reading the energy of like, this is when we do this sort of thing. But But I was... I was interested. It was intriguing to me when, when we were talking and and you kind of start having a, a conversation similar to you of like, mm -hmm. you know, what's the what's the history of this relationship? The, the fans with this organization, but what's the history of the organization? What's gone yeah. right? What's gone wrong? And, you know, for me, I was like, you know, I was just honest with it. I was like, this is my person. I've lived here my whole life. You know, I've covered this team for four or yeah. five years. Like. This is, you know, this is my read on the situation. And he was able to like read off of my energy and switch into that and be come meet me where I'm at, right? And like, okay, yeah, this is where yeah. this, this conversation's going. And that was that was interesting to me because my experience a lot of the time through this job is a lot of time people on at a higher level than you <laughs> make, you know, bigger position, make more money, whatever. Right, right. It, it's kind of like, um, they'll stay up there. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, sometimes you think and, they're entertaining you. Is that yeah. That? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so for me, I was like, you know, 
do you want to know this stuff or not? Like, do you want my opinion on it? And <laughs> do like, you want my candid, honest assessment of this, or do you want the glossed over? Opinion? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so I was like, you know, whatever, it's just me. That's the way I communicate. Like, I'm going to give it, I would give you my honest opinion on it. And, and, and I felt like it was heard, you know? And, and a lot of the times when I've talked to other people like that, you know, it's not so much, it's, uh, you're not you're not taken uh, at you know at the at the face value of w- of what it means, and so I think that if I was to you know be buying a, a team, particularly this team, I think it would be really worth it to invest in trying to learn what is here, you know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it sounds like we're talking about all these negative. Oh, what are all the what are all the bad things that's happened? Like it's it's not just that. It's like there's a lot of good things here as well, right? And yep. And and I, he seems authentically interested in learning about all of it, right? I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, and and in that, you know, we'll. Yeah, I think it's his strategy to be like, with is more information I have, the better decisions I can make. And and that my, leaving my conversation with him, that gave me you know kind of hope that positive change can happen. And I think that's kind of the vibe around the organization too, is I think, I think people are looking forward to what he might have to say or, or changes that he might want to make. Um, and, and I, I do think, um, you know, for, for months, they didn't want to come out and publicly really say too much about the purchase because nothing was official yet. You know, you had the lawsuit and then NBA approval. Um, but now I think that everything's been made official. I think you're, you're going to see him, be out there. Uh, he's right. not going to be, he's not going to shy away from doing interviews. He's not going to shy away from being out in public, you know, um, interacting with fans on Twitter and like doing those things. Right. He's not just going to be some, you know, he's, like I say, he's not just going to be like some hidden investor that you never see or hear from. He's going to be out there. And I think that's one of the ways he wants to try to connect with, with people in Minnesota and with the fan base is by being open and, and accessible and, um, in that way, as opposed to other owners who aren't that way. And I think, I think that's smart. I, I just, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that's smart. Um, what, one thing that I think stands out from both your interview mm-hmm. with him and John Krasinski's interview with him mm-hmm. about the purchase that have happened mm-hmm. over this past, whatever month or so that those articles have came out is mm-hmm. he is not publicly stated on the record that the team is is going to stay here. Alex Rodriguez has. Um, mm-hmm. It's strongly implied in all of his commentary that you know he, he I, talks to you about. Yeah, about I think wanting. I, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Is that it's strongly implied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so why do you think? Why do you think he's? I know my answer to this, but why do you think he hasn't come outright and just said, you know, we're keeping the team in Minnesota? See, I think I think part of that is you know you're coming into a situation where you know, they don't, they have to evaluate kind of like what they all have in the organization. Right. And part of that includes what's going on with the arena, you know, and, you know, you in business, sometimes you need leverage to make decisions and, and, you know, try to make changes and things like that. So maybe part of the reason could be that if they decide, you know, down the road or whenever that they might want, you know, a new arena, which, you know, none of that has been decided. Let's, let's be clear on that. You know, none of that has been decided or anything nobody said anything publicly or or anything like that but you know 
we've seen it before with, with, with sports franchises. We saw it with the Vikings. We see it, you know, you saw it in the NFL for years before the NFL got a team in Los Angeles. How many teams in the NFL use the leverage of, we're going to just move to Los Angeles to, to try and get, try and get a new stadium built, you know? So, so maybe, maybe that's part of it. That's, you know, kind of conjecturing, um, you know, on my part. And I don't know how you. No, no, I, I think it's with that too. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, at some point you, okay. You're Mark Laurie, you're Alex Rodriguez. You are purchasing a team that has one of the oldest arenas in sports, one of right. the, or in the NBA, one of mm-hmm. probably, if you're ranking them, one of the worst, one of the, or, the arenas that is most likely to get, you know, replaced and, and, you know, and sometime soon and how it just mm-hmm. works in sports economics, right. Is like, right. you get public funding for arenas. Almost all arenas across sports right. are, you know, are publicly funded. So, um, I think that is right. That is a, you know, a bridge they're going to have to cross there. And it, it's, it's an interesting one with, with Minnesota that I don't think it's like for sure that people won't want to publicly fund it, but you have in the past decade, or I guess it's like 11 years publicly funded mm-hmm. the twin stadium and the Viking stadium. So it's probably like less of a certain thing to get public funding than it might be if you were in a different market, just yeah. given those two things. Right. Yeah. Um, and so to that end, that's my read on the situation is they're not coming out and saying it's for sure, for sure staying because they do have a, a negotiation coming up with right the you know probably likely the state of Minnesota that's going to be right. and, worth and, hundreds and, of millions of dollars and you know and, and to go back to your to your talking about the Cubs before I remember you know with with renovations to Wrigley Field yeah. happening um, you know one of the things that the Cubs were were threatening to do back in uh, a few years back was oh you don't you don't want to give us you know money for renovations well we'll just go to Rosemont which is out by, you know, yeah. here, we'll just go out there and we'll build a new stadium and, you know, we'll, we'll build up that area and make that where the Cubs play. I mean, oh, it's just business, man. That, that's people, right, right. sports business. But that, that was like, right. it, 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 like, did anybody really believe that they, that the Cubs were going to go to Rosemont, Illinois? Not, <laughs> not really, you know, not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, but the organization was being very, you know, be very bullheaded about that. And like, Oh, you want yeah. so what? Well, Rosemont will gladly have us, you know, like, 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 things like that. Right. So, and, and, you know, I guess, you know, I, I mean it in a positive a, way. Right. 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 Yeah. As, as it relates to that point, you know, one of the things that, that a rod said in the piece was they're looking at like kind of what the Milwaukee bucks did as a template to grow this franchise. Right. And, and kind of mm-hmm. be follow the path that Milwaukee small market team goes on and wins a championship. Well, what was, what, what has been a part of Milwaukee's last 10 years of franchise existence, mm-hmm. a new arena. So, yeah. So, dude, I think that's the exact plan. That's, that's what I I, I think that would be the the best thing. So, in Milwaukee, it was Bradley Center and they built, they built Pfizer Form literally right right next to it. Right. And so, I mean, I I remember being there with you and the Mm -hmm. first year at Pfizer Forum, Mm -hmm. like the bones of Bradley Center were still like up there, right, right next to it. And I, I think, I think that's what the, you know, I think that's what the Timberwolves should do. I think the stadium should be right there where target center is right now. I think it's great that it's right next to target field. Like mm-hmm. I think the best case is flatten target center right now and then build up in that same exact area. Maybe make it even bigger, you know, go all the way up to the parking ramps, maybe take over the space where that, that O'Donovan's bar is whatever, like expand further. You still have yeah. a practice facility there. Like I think there's a pretty, there's a pretty easy like path to, to what this looks like. Obviously, 
the fly in the ointment is right. the money of it, right? This, right, is, this right. is something that costs hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to, to build. And mm-hmm. while Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie are like very rich people, you know, they're not stupid rich people, right? <laughs> right, right. But in, in the context of, of sports owners, you know, they're not mm-hmm. – they're not the one percent, <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Exactly. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. That sort of way. So it's it's just going to be. It's not. You know, it's, it's not Steve Ballmer with the Clippers. Exactly. Kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I mean, as this is going to be, and I mean, we're going to be talking about this for for a long time at this point. For for <laughs> for a long time. But these are you know these are the little nuggets, and I, I'm just sharing. Mm-hmm. That's where you know that's sort of where my head's at mm-hmm. is that. I I would tell people to not be freaked out by the fact that Mark Laurie hasn't explicitly said on the record that the team's going to stay here. I think that actually almost can indicate that it will, that they are in already in pursuit of getting public funding to get the mm-hmm. team to be here. Cause if there is public funding, if you get public funding box checked, mm-hmm. then, then you are is locked, right? Right. You got it. Like right. that. And then, it, and, that, and, and you know, a new, a new arena is, I think we, we, we discussed this before and, and I think a new arena is, is, the best exhibit that they could ever give more than their mm-hmm. word that they are committed to this, to, to the hundred percent like that happens. And, and there, any doubt they're moving goes away. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I actually, I mean, at people who, you know, have listened to this, I, I came, my, I entered it very skeptical with the, mm-hmm. the, the initial sale, you know, that was just my read on it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but as time goes on, we, we, you know, we talked to more, not just talking to them, but talking to more people, understanding the variables that are here. Like, I think it's far less likely that they move now than it was, you know, four or five months ago when it was reported first that Alex right. Rodriguez and Mark Laurie were, were taking. That's, is that your read on it as well? I think that's my read on it as well. And, and you know, part of that is part of that is they've they've come out publicly and started making comments about this stuff. And like mm-hmm. you strongly implied is is the way and, and the way that you know Lori is talking about wanting to get to know the Minnesota market and mm-hmm. you know how do we how do we tie the Minnesota market to this team and and make sure. it part of our identity so that all goes hand in hand and um mm-hmm. so I, I don't know you know if they were planning if they were really if they were really planning on moving it, not to say they can't move it but if they were really planning on moving it would they be going through you know this this part of the process I don't know you know, maybe right, they could, but maybe probably not. No, I and I think it's it, it's not even somewhere my head is really going anymore. It you yeah, know, because even if it were to happen, I I think it would be so many years down the road that like no matter what, there's this next window right here of like the next five years of like let's make the Timberwolves let's set some core values, let's, baby. Right, let's set some core <laughs> values and see how it works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so so that's 100%. why I think that the the next step of this is. Um, yeah. Anything else from the, the piece that sticks out that you want to share? Or obviously, everyone go read this. You can read it at startribune.com. I think we've actually left a lot out of it. Um, yeah. uh, that, <laughs> there was that there was more. The- there was also more I could have written that, you know, did not make the piece. Maybe I'll, I'll use it at some other point in time. But I, I feel like I did get most of what I wanted to get across. Mm-hmm. Piece I got it across. Um, you know, just on a personal level, I grew up a 49ers fan. So, um, you know, oh yeah, Jerry, the, the little kid in me, I was, I had to be very professional when I was talking to him, but sure. the, little, the little kid in me, you know, was very excited to be talking to Jerry Rice uh, for the first time. <laughs> um, so it was, it was very interesting to have that conversation with him. And did I ask him a 49ers question or two at the end of our interview? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's why I always say to people, they're like, oh, you know, like you're in the locker room, like you're you're interviewing these players, like, yeah. you know, is that like intimidating or whatever? Or like, are you like starstruck at all? And you, I mean, you and I have both been doing this long enough where the answer to that is no. Correct. But what I will say is what I what is cool for me is when I'm like walking through the, you know, you're walking through the hallways <laughs> and you see like you see some older dude like a like Chris Weber or something that you like watched when you were a kid. Yeah. Like those yeah, are the yeah. ones that those are the ones that are cool to me where I'm like, oh man, that's Reggie Miller, you know? Like yeah, yeah. um and and I think that's the same thing, right? With yeah. Jerry Rice. It's, it's, where it's like, who you grew grew up watching. Yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. Those are the those are the guys you you I think you forever remain somewhat uh you know starstruck by. But uh yeah it is it's one of the coolest things about this job, you know, yeah. is that you do you do have the the opportunity to bump shoulders, even when you're covering the Timberwolves. Somehow, somehow you get an interview somehow with Jerry Rice. Talk to Jerry Rice for it, you know. It's 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 a, it's a crazy it's a crazy job, and you know sometimes when when this job and it, this job does has its stresses, and and especially you know, right. this year was tough. But you know you have to always remind yourself that. I just talked to Jerry Rice for 15 minutes. You know, that was, <laughs> not everybody gets to do that, you know? No, sir. Pretty cool. Uh, all right. Um, well, Chris, I took more of your time than I said I would. Uh, oh, thanks no for problem. doing this. Mm -hmm. I, I really think um, this was uh, like the first defining piece and what people are starting to get to know um, Mark Laurie and who and what he, you know, what he is about. And uh, it, it's something we'll, we'll look back on. I think people will jump to the magic trick guy thing, you know, and whatever, that's him. Like, that's, yep, what, yep. That's, what that's what he's about. If the team fails, you know, say, hey, Mark, why don't you, why don't you, you know, pull out a few. Pull it out of your mouth. Tricks, get them, get them, get them to win a few games, you know, that kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Thank Chris, you, you do. Thank uh, you for having me on. Of course, you do great work at the Star Tribune. Everyone, go read the story at StarTribune.com. Again, it's long. There's a there's a lot more stuff in uh, in that article that we didn't discuss here. Um, you can follow all Chris's work um, there on Twitter as well at Christopher Hine. And Chris, like we said before, we'll you know in the next month or so we'll come on and we'll talk. <laughs> this is the first podcast we've ever done together where. We've talked zero about Tibbrolls. Zero about basketball. the actual team. But no, only like one or two players' names came up in this whole conversation. So, yeah. It was nice. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Dane. All right. He's Chris. I'm Dane. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Until then, peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down. Yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.